OSA, obstructive sleep apnea, interrupts normal breathing during sleep. And if untreated, OSA can have serious health implications. But a lot of people with OSA don't even know they have it. So we're talking about symptoms, causes, and treatment for OSA, or obstructive sleep apnea, with Dr. Tyler Miller, a family medicine doctor with Cumberland Healthcare. Welcome to Healthier You from Cumberland Healthcare. I'm Amanda Wild. Dr. Miller, wonderful to have you here today. Thank you for having me, Amanda. What causes OSA? So OSA is usually caused due to soft tissue in the back part of your mouth or in your neck that obstructs the airway while you're sleeping, causing you interruptions in your breathing. And why does this happen? It can happen for a number of reasons. The number one cause would be obesity or just having a large amount of soft tissue, a large neck circumference. While you're sleeping, that soft tissue becomes relaxed and then kind of collapses in on the airway, which obstructs your normal breathing. When you're asleep, you're obviously subconsciously breathing. And so to overcome that obstruction, you have to come out of a deep stage of sleep or a partial awakening to voluntarily take a breath or overcome it. And that's why it disrupts your sleep so much. What are the signs of OSA? So typically for the patient themselves that suffers with it, they're going to suffer with daytime sleepiness, fatigue. Oftentimes they may experience headaches in the morning. A lot of people that are snorers or have obstructive sleep apnea will find that their throat is sore in the morning. They may have a hoarse voice. They may suffer with reflux symptoms in the morning, a bitter taste in their mouth sore, scratchy throat. More commonly, it is usually the significant other or spouse that just notices snoring, periods where they stop breathing, periods where they may even sound like they're choking or gasping for air. And so oftentimes the patients will present after they're urged by their significant other to be evaluated. Yeah, because a lot of these things occur during sleep. But you're saying you can wake up with these after effects that also may be a signal that you have obstructive sleep apnea. When it is diagnosed, how is OSA treated? There's a couple of different ways to approach treating it, and it kind of depends on your age, underlying conditions, and then your body habitus or just your body size. And so to go about diagnosing it, Really what we need to do is a formal sleep study. There's a couple of different ways to approach that. So years ago, you'd have to go into a sleep lab for the evening. They'd hook you up to some equipment that monitors your breathing, your oxygen, your respirations, and they'd evaluate for how many episodes of this apnea or stopping breathing you have and then how that affects your oxygen level. With technology today, we actually have the advantage of being able to do this at home in your normal sleep environment. And so you are given some equipment, you're educated, you're able to take it home with you, sleep comfortably in your own bed. The equipment gathers the information we need to make that diagnosis, and then you just simply drop it off. And so that's been a big change in the workup for obstructive sleep apnea that I think a lot of people aren't aware of quite yet. And sometimes it's that overnight sleep study in the hospital that may make people hesitant to getting a formal diagnosis. After you're diagnosed, there's a couple different things you can do. If you're younger, some people that have large tonsils or just extra soft tissue in the throat, but they're not necessarily somebody who's overweight, 
There may be surgical things that can be done by an ear, nose, and throat physician that can help alleviate that obstruction. For other people, weight loss can be a huge improvement in their overall quality of sleep. Decrease the neck circumference. You have less soft tissue there. And you can resolve your sleep apnea. The tried and true way to treat it is to do CPAP therapy, which is essentially a machine that helps you breathe in the night and gives you a little more pressure, a little more force to your breathing and makes sure that that airway stays open and you don't have these interruptions in sleep. And is that still the gold standard? It would be still considered the gold standard, yes. There is some newer technology kind of on the horizon right now that involves an implantable device that stimulates the tissue in the back part of your throat and opens it up if you are snoring. It's called the Inspire device. And like I said, it's kind of on the horizon. It's not commonly used yet, but there are going to be other options in the future. But 100% the gold standard is to start CPAP therapy. I'll just add in there too that a lot of people are very hesitant to have a sleep study or to consider using CPAP. I sometimes have to twist people's arms to get it done, but I can tell you that once they're on their CPAP therapy, they're the ones twisting my arm to make sure that their machine's working properly, that they have all their supplies because the improvement in their quality of life is so dramatic that they won't go a night without their sleep machine. And what do they see that lets them know that the CPAP is working? Well, usually it's energy levels immediate improvement in energy levels and less daytime sleepiness, 100%. But people will also find that their blood pressure is much, much more well-controlled, and so they may require less medications. Obviously, their spouse is happy that they're not snoring so much, and they may even experience a little bit of weight loss as that improved energy level during the day often leads to more activity, which can translate to weight loss. And then generally, if they do suffer with headaches, sore throat, reflux, symptomatology, those symptoms oftentimes improve as well. So you've kind of come around to my next question, which is if those good things happen when OSA is treated, what happens if OSA is untreated? Right. So what some people don't understand is those apneic episodes that you're having at night, it's not just a disruption in your quality of sleep that makes you tired during the day. That puts a lot of unnecessary stress on your body while you are sleeping. And considering the amount of time we spend sleeping throughout our life, if you constantly have a low oxygen saturation in your body, that's extremely hard on tissues and organs. It also causes elevated blood pressure, not only in your body, but specifically in your lungs, which puts added demand on the heart. If the lungs have high blood pressure within them, the heart has to work harder to pump blood through the lungs. And that can over time predispose somebody to developing heart failure as well. So if you have underlying chronic conditions, hypertension, any heart disease, any type of respiratory or pulmonary disease, this is certainly going to exacerbate those processes. And so it can have significant effects in the long term. Mm -hmm. Is there a cure or a cure around the corner for OSA? So an absolute and total cure? No, not necessarily. Now, there are predisposing factors that can be remedied. Like I said, weight loss can really improve people's chances of having decreased apneic episodes or their reliance on CPAP. And so patients that lose a significant amount of weight may see that these issues resolve. 
like I said, younger adolescents, adults that have extra tissue within the back of their throat, surgery can help alleviate that. And so that can technically be a cure. But there's other individuals that suffer with it, regardless of those other conditions that know there's really not a cure. There's just a definitive long-term treatment. So if you even suspect you have OSA, you should talk to your physician because it can become a real issue in your daily living, but also in the long term. Correct. If you have any suspicion whatsoever, the easiest thing to do is to just have the conversation. There is a very specific set of screening questions that we do. And then based off of those screening questions and measurements of the circumference of your neck, you certainly would qualify for a simple at-home sleep study. And that's just a one night thing where you can certainly rule it out or rule it in. And then once you have that information and either have ruled out the diagnosis or ruled it in, then you can really start to talk about how and if you want to treat it. Well, you've made getting the diagnosis and treatment really accessible, and that's really important. So I hope those numbers of people that are undiagnosed go down and you're starting to see them go down at this point. Absolutely. People are much more excited and agreeable to have their sleep study performed when they learn that it can be done at home. And I can completely understand that. I'd much rather do it at home if I could in my own bed. I also promote it just because that's your natural sleep environment. That's where you spend every night of your life sleeping. So that would be the most appropriate environment to do the testing in. In addition to that, I'd also like to add that as technology changes, the sleep apnea machines themselves have evolved too. So they are much smaller. They are quieter. They auto titrate, meaning they change their settings based on your sleeping in real time at night. They humidify the air, which makes it much more comfortable. And there's a number of different options as far as face masks versus just a nose mask versus just little pillows that sit in your nose to treat it. And so the technology has progressed in a way that it's much more comfortable to get CPAP therapy every night for yourself and for your significant other. Yeah, always good to have options and those options are widening. Thanks so much, Dr. Miller, for a very useful and helpful conversation about obstructive sleep apnea. Thank you for having me. That was Dr. Tyler Miller, family medicine doctor with Cumberland Healthcare. For more information, visit cumberlandhealthcare.com. If you found this podcast helpful, please share on your social channels and check out our full podcast library for topics of interest to you. This is Healthier You, a podcast from Cumberland Healthcare. Thanks for listening and be well.